from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. All right, Season 3, Episode 18 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. And for the second week in a row, me and Dean, I'm Jawan Lee, by the way. Sorry, I didn't say my name. Uh, but for the second week in the row, me and Dean are coming to you after a win on a Tuesday. It was an impressive win and a win that I didn't predict. Dean snapped his streak. He he picked the game correctly. I'm still looking to pick a game correctly. So what did you think about Saturday, Dean? Yeah, I think it's uh, all of a sudden. It's a, it's a different season um, in Stillwater and... You know, I guess pretty much a month ago, they were coming off an Iowa State loss that w- was a little on the ugly side and a South Alabama loss that was definitely on the ugly side. But now, what was she looking at? Four and two, um, fourth in the conference. They're, they're kind of right back in the mix all of a sudden. So OSU, they come away with a 39-32 win over Kansas Saturday, a Kansas team that was ranked 23rd coming into that game. And I first seen it on Twitter when our former intern still does some work for us. Daniel Allen posted that 358 days since they had scored 30 points and Dean included in his story. So I guess that's what we can start first is about this offense. They they finally snapped that, that ugly streak of not being able to surpass 30 points and they do it against a – a fairly good team. Um, talk to me about this offense, Dane. Yeah, kind of suddenly out of nowhere, they're they're getting off to that hot start um, in games that that they'd been wanting to do, but hadn't shown it yet this year. And they did it against Kansas State uh, a week ago, and they did it even better against Kansas. They scored on their um, their first three drives. They went touchdown, touchdown, field goal. Jumped out to a lead, but um, so kind of lost a little bit of steam in the middle of the game. That that kind of second quarter, early third quarter, um, they weren't doing a ton there. But late in the game, added some more crucial points, and yeah, f- for the first time since October twenty second, twenty twenty two, they were able to get over that thirty point hump. And so I think I think that gives you a lot of confidence. And when you have, you know, a performance like Ollie Gordon had, and it flew super under the radar, uh, but a performance Alan Bowman had, um, it I think you know if anything's one, I think it makes you question. It makes the quarterback rotation and the running back rotation it becomes even more confusing why it happened in the first place, right? Right. Because look at the past, you know, if you, if you, even if you add in the Iowa State game, which there were some issues there still on offense. Um, but if you look at these three conference games they've played so far and you look at how the offense has operated versus how it operated against Central Arkansas, uh, Arizona State, and South Alabama, I think you just have to question, like, why would you even try it? Why would you do that in the first place if your offense was able to operate like this from the beginning? Um, I mean, you can go down the road of what would the record be 
had they not rotated quarterbacks and rotated running backs. Um, but I think a lot of the success, and I asked Mike Gundy about this yesterday, it comes down to not so much the talent you have there, but it comes down to the offensive line. Um, and, and I think anybody who watched the past two games would agree that the offensive line play has been um, pretty, I, I won't say it's spectacular, but it's been above average. It's been, it's been pretty good. And, and I think that's allowed for, you know, Ollie Gordon to run for 168 yards and Alan Bowman, I think he threw for 366 to Point being when, when you, uh, and that was 336. Down, I think Mike Gundy said 336. Okay. So, but, but point being when you have that kind of production, um, it all starts on the offensive line and, and what they've been able to do. And, and so I think that's really been the crux of, this offense performing how it is right now. When we talk about those first three opening possessions, the first first possession ended in a 17-yard touchdown for Ollie Gordon. Second possession was a 20-yard touchdown from Allen Bowman to Brandon Presley, and then they had the field goals, 17 points in their first three possessions. And, you know, a lot of that, as you said, goes back to the offensive line. And even Mike Gundy said, you know, the best way to illustrate Illustrated all is our offensive line has played considerably better than the last month. Now, since Ollie Gordon has kind of taken over in that full time role, this is his third game with a hundred yards rushing. I mean, you even added on the fact that he also had a, over a hundred yards receiving. Um, when you think about the state of this offense from Allen Bowman and Ollie Gordon, did you see this from them earlier in the season? And is it just about they just didn't have enough of an opportunity to? you know, display their talents. I mean, I think we've been saying it since that South Alabama game, John. I think me and you have talked about just put the ball in your talent's hands. Um, and and that's alluding to, you know, Ollie Gordon and, and Alan Bowman. And when you look at those first three games when they were splitting reps, it's, it's hard to know... Um, it's hard to differentiate from all those, um, you know, you know, Garrett Rangel, Gunnar Gundy, Alan Bowman, they all had comparable numbers through those first three games because they were playing comparable, the uh, comparable amount of, of drives and snaps. Um, so yeah, so, so I think it's hard to kind of look at that and say, well, did you see it early on? Yeah. I don't think you can say you saw it early and early on. But I think it's pretty obvious to know, like, hey, Ollie Gordon's that downhill, the big body, um, you know, has some speed, has some finesse. If you give him the ball 20 times, yeah, he's going to break 100 yards rushing every time. You know, if you give Alan Bowman, uh, you know, 30 dropbacks, he's going to make the right reads. He's going to consistently get it where it needs to go. Um you know, Mike Gundy said that he, he probably takes a little bit too many at-risk throws, um, and he got away with some against Kansas for sure. But point being, I think this is just this is what when Alan Bowman transferred in in early January. This is, I think, what everybody expected: a veteran player who can operate an offense efficiently, 
who knows how to make reads, knows how to run an offense, knows how to, um, you know, what's a smart throw, what's not a smart throw, just an efficient game manager. And you're seeing that. And, um, you know, he's spreading the ball. He's getting it to his receivers. He's, he's, when you get the pass game going, you get the run game going and, and vice versa. And the past two games, OSU's been able to be balanced um, offensively and, and it's resulted in what you what was seen um, on Saturday. Another player that you had mentioned last week was Rashad Owens, nine receptions for 112 yards against Kansas. Talk to me about what you've seen from what you saw from him Saturday. Yes, I mean Rashad Owens. I was what I was curious about was uh, Stribling did not play against Kansas State. Rashad Owens was the replacement, so you probably didn't, so Kansas State was probably not necessarily prepared for Rashad Owens. Now I don't think it makes a huge difference. That, you know they're they're playing the same position, but what would it look like with Rashad Owens against a team that knew he was coming and could kind of study up on him a little more? Um, and Rashad Owens goes and he, he leads all receivers and I think it was it was for sure yards, um, and I think receptions as well. And so he's kind of been a guy that he's made some plays in his OSU career. He's he's gotten some time. He's kind of off and on um for four years and and now he's posted two of his i I think you can make the argument that's back to back his two his best two game stretch of his career um so i think for sure that's got to give you confidence if you're an osu fan that alan bowman's able to uh you know have that rapport and relationship with him and and make it work but also um that you know he showed he can he can go up against a, a pretty good. I think Kansas most would agree that Kansas has a pretty good secondary, and uh, Rashad Owens was able to have an impact. You know, and um, once again another kind of under the radar performance when you know when when Ollie Gordon is running for or you know two hundred and eighty four all purpose yards and he's winning National Player of the Week awards. <laughs> uh, some of those performances are going to kind of go unnoticed, but. Rashad Owens for sure had a strong performance. So did Brendan Presley. Um, so all in all, it's just the offense is. I think this is what OSU's offense can be at its best. You get the running game going. It opens up the passing game. You use those two facets to play off each other and keep it balanced. Um, you know, Alan Bowman's not relying on one wide receiver every week. He's got Jaden Bray and uh, Rashad Owens and Brennan Presley. Uh, I think, you know, Blaine Green a little bit. They, they, they're getting the tight ends involved a little more. So you have some, you're able to spread it out in the pass game. Um, and then you've got somebody like Ollie Gordon who's proven he's got the durability, he's got the talent, um, and he's able to, to break through and, you know, make an impact like he had on say, I don't think he's going to, you know, go for 284 all purpose yards again this season. If he does, <laughs> um, that's incredibly impressive. But point being, uh, you know, he's able to put up a hundred yards of rushing a game. And you've got guys like Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins who can slot in to, to just kind of mix it up back there. And you got an offensive line that's doing what it's supposed to. This is, this is what, 
OSU's offense can be at its best this year. Um, and I think the only knock you really could have right now, Juwan, is getting the red zone a little more. Uh, Alex Hale's been – there's a reason he's been the Lou Groza uh, star of the week the past two weeks. He's been <laughs> awarded that uh, in consecutive weeks for a reason because he's kicking uh, – what would it be? He's made nine field goals on 11 attempts in the past two weeks. Um, <laughs> so I think if you're OSU, there was an improvement in the red zone. Uh, you could probably still improve a little more and, and maybe kind of balloon these scores a little bit more so you're not playing super tight late in the game. I read off the call earlier about Mike Gundy and him talking about the improvement of this offensive line the past month. What have you seen from that position group that has kind of led to an added amount of success now? So it's interesting, Juan. If you look at OSU's offensive line the past couple of years, um, people are definitely going to have their, their grievances um, with how that group has performed. But I think OSU's finally able to kind of reap the benefits of constantly having to shuffle guys around, put them in positions they're maybe not super familiar with, and um, what it's, I think, done. And now they're, keep in mind right now, they're pretty much at 100% health. Uh, Dalton Cooper missed most of the Kansas game, but Mike Gundy expects him to practice this week and play uh, against West Virginia. But point being, Dalton Cooper missed most of that Kansas game. Well, they were able to take Jake Springfield and move him over to the left side Jake, because Jake Springfield has pretty much played every uh, most positions on that offensive line at some point. So when you mix and matched uh, personnel for you know two years because of injuries it allows you to kind of backfill a position in case somebody gets hurt and it works fairly well I mean I think people probably would have just said let's have good offensive line play for the past three years um, but right now I think that's been what's key I think the number well the number one key Jawan I think is OSU has remained pretty much healthy at that offensive line um, through the first half of the season. They've had some guys that missed early in the year, uh, just with some minor stuff, missed a game here or there. Uh, it seems like Dalton Cooper is going to fall into that category for now. But so that's been key number one. But I think key number two, and it's a little maybe not as talked about, is just Everybody on that offensive line is very versatile and they can move people around. And um, I think that's been what's key in, in this thing, working and improving. Um, I, I think you could say it's improved every week. Uh, so that's good that you're not going backward. But that's, I think, been the key. Final thing I want to ask before we move on to the defensive side of things, what is your confidence level in this offense's ability to maintain what you've seen these past two games? If you look at their next three games, they have West Virginia, Cincinnati, and then they have Oklahoma. Yes, yeah, so I think West Virginia is going to be another – it's going to be a respectable test. I think West Virginia's got a good defense. Um, I think in terms of both sides of the ball – uh, it'll be a fairly even game. Um, but OSU's played, I think, two of the better defenses in, in the conference already, and they're they're one and one against 
Iowa State and Kansas State. But I think the key is just you got to stay healthy and you can't plan for injuries whatsoever. That's just part of the game. I think the play calling has been improved. Uh, the the personnel is kind of meshing together well. So if you can just continue to build off that momentum, um, keep it going strong, I think that's just it. Like the key is just don't try to get cute with it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's working well. It's keeping you in ball games. It's winning you ball games. Just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I think OSU fans take a little kind of sigh of relief because what they're doing is working. And it's been <laughs> quite quite some time for uh, you know a, at least a good year. Um, since before you could say that. So that, yeah, I think it's just be smart, keep doing what you're doing. Now, last week coming into this game, we touched a lot about Kansas's rushing attack and the fact that they were ranked sixth in the nation. OSU defense goes out there and holds them to 90 yards. Um, what did you think about this OSU's front and how they handled Kansas's rushing attack? Yeah, I think uh, I think our columnist Bill Haston wrote wrote it pretty well. He said, you know, they held Kansas to ninety yards, but even if they'd held Kansas to double that, you know, one hundred eighty yards, that'd probably still be counted as a win. So the <laughs> ninety yards is remarkable, and from you know last week to what Mike Gundy said this week, kind of reflecting back on the game. The number one priority was shutting down the run. Shut it down. Don't let them, you know, win this game on the ground. And, yeah, they did a remarkable job at that. Uh, the defensive line did what they were supposed to do. The linebackers, it, you know, OSU, they really flipped the script with Ali Gordon was able to break out, and the defense was able to shut down Kansas's run, force them to throw. And, uh that did kind of lead to some other issues on the defense, but in terms of the run game, the run defense, um, I think you almost, you might have to give them that a plus rating, Juwan. Well, that's how I'm pretty sure a lot of OSU fans were, might've been a little bit surprised again, you know, when Bill, when I was reading Bill column and uh, holding him to 180, as you said, would have been remarkable, but the fact that they held them to a hundred, a hundred yards is, is insane. And somebody else is on that defense that I want to ask you about and that you wrote about was Colin Oliver, um, someone that had two and a half sacks Saturday. What did you see from him? Yeah, so I think the key with Colin Oliver was if you're OSU going to that halftime and you realize KU has a quarterback in Jason Bean who's extending plays by scrambling out of the pocket, you know, it's going from, you know, a three, four, five second play to now a seven, eight, nine second play. And it's hard to remain in pass coverage when you're asking somebody, you know, you're in man-to-man defense and you're asking your cornerback or whoever, okay, stick on this guy for, for nine minutes or for nine seconds. Um, <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. And that's why, that's why Kansas, uh, I think, really was able to remain in the game is through that passing offense and and hitting those big plays you know it, we talked about it a couple weeks ago Juwan, about how the osu secondary was all of a sudden letting up all these big plays you know of i think in south alabama and uh 
and Iowa State, they let up five touchdown passes of, you know, 30 or more yards. Well, against Kansas, that secondary let up four touchdown passes of 40 or more yards. And two of those, um, Mike Gundy said, came down to confusion with the tight end, whether he was eligible or ineligible. The point being, there were still three other long touchdowns. Um, long story short, they go into halftime, they say, we have to adjust the pass rush. And Colin Oliver's playing that linebacker role. But everybody's going to, when you think Colin Oliver, I think a lot of people still think defensive end who's really good in the pass rush. And so they kind of changed up his role in that second half. They sent him on the pass rush. And yeah, you get 2.5 sacks, uh, forced fumble, one of which was on a, a crucial fourth down. And you kind of add that all up. And, you know, I think if anything, I'd be interested to know what people think of this. If if you now, I think the the move to linebacker is Colin Oliver's obviously. I think he's got the frame of a linebacker. Um, he's played that position before in in high school, and also I think it's favorable for Colin Oliver trying to reach the the next level. You know, making the NFL. But I think when you watch Colin Oliver you know, primarily focus on pass rush and all that. I think it makes me question a little bit, like, I wonder if they still, like, what would it take for them to be like, you know what, we're going to move you back to defensive end because you're just, this is your strong suit. Um, my, my, my Gundy said that Colin Oliver is still progressing very well at linebacker. He's doing considerably better than he was a month ago. Um, but when you see Colin Oliver pass rush, that just looks right. Like that, it just looks where he's supposed to be. Um, so, so yeah, so long story short, they moved him there. That was able to kind of shut down, uh, Jason Bean and that Kansas pass offense, uh, in, in the second half. And that's why you saw, you know, KU scored only seven points in the final 30 minutes, which I think is, that's a testament to those, to, I think Brian Nardo and, and his ability to, to make those adjustments at the half. Along with some of those adjustments that he that he made, because you know Jason Bean, he finished the game with 410 yards total. You wrote about the youth of OSU secondary. How much does that play a factor into what's going on in that back end there? Yeah, Mike Gundy said it yesterday. Um, that's going to be great for OSU in the next two or three years. That you're getting those younger guys out there and getting them, you know, valuable playing time now, but. It's it's risky, um, you know. Lyric Rawls is looking like he might not play again this year. Um, so you're relying on the the secondary was always going to be young to begin with. Now it's gotten even more younger. Um, but I I think that they're seeing uh, pretty impressive play for what they're throwing out there. Uh, you know, with with Cam Epps, he's grown up fast after uh, the Iowa State game and and kind of letting up some of those bigger plays. Uh, Dylan Smith, the younger brother of Cam Smith, you know, he had a pretty important interception. Corey Black is still doing, you know, cornerbacks. Cornerbacks are always so weird to me, Jawan, because I think the less you talk about a cornerback, the better they're playing. Because For sure. 
the opposing quarterback's not even trying to throw, you know. So quarterback play is always so interesting. I mean, I don't we've barely talked about Corey Black this year, but that I, to me, I think it just shows, you know, he's doing his job. Um, <laughs> and, but on, then on the other side, you got DJ McKinney who's stepping up. So, and he's a, you know, he's an underclassman. Cam Epps is an underclassman. Um, Dylan Smith, Cam Smith, all these guys are like sophomores and younger. And I think they're doing a pretty good job with it. There, there are definitely things that need to be cleaned up. By no means is this a polished product. But with what they're being asked to do, um, yeah, I think it's a testament to to that whole defensive staff. Um, you know, you still have you know somebody like Trey Rucker still back there, and and that's going well. So you've got like you got one or two upperclassmen guys that have played about uh, you know have some playing time in their career, then you've got a handful of underclassmen who are, you know, kind of answering the call up to this point. All right, Dan, you had any final things before we get out of here? I don't think so, Juwan. We, uh, we'll dive into West Virginia later this week. That'll be, that'll be a good one. Yeah, for sure. So again, join us, join us again Thursday for our breakdown of West Virginia Oklahoma State back-to-back win. So hopefully Thursday I can actually pick a game correctly. Um, Dean has already, as I said, broken his his streak of, of not getting games right. I'm still on that that losing end. So we'll be back Thursday to break down West Virginia. Um, in the meantime, you can catch Dean on TulsaWorld.com for any further breakdowns he has from the previous game and this upcoming game. And don't forget that podcasting is free. You can get it wherever you want to get your podcasting at, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we appreciate you joining us for another week on the OSU Sports Extra Podcast.